greet you all in the precious name of Jesus. What else is there to live for but Jesus? Why are we here? Before I start teaching on how to walk through and out of the offenses or the pain or the hurt that someone has caused you, I want to make sure you understand one thing. I am not teaching a program. What I am teaching is a way of life. Did you know that like Freedom Hills, Grace Haven, Haven of Hope, Hearts Alive, Caring for the Hearts, all those that use that material, and this is actually what I'm teaching, less than 50% of the couples stay free. That's sad. And you hear it over and over. Yeah, they went through the program. They went through the program. Is that the problem? They go through the program and think it's over. Folks, that's only the beginning. If we see it as a program, it's going to end. And there's going to be offenses. Jesus told us that in the scripture. There are going to be offenses. Are we ready for them? That's why I want you to understand this is a way of life. It happens over daily, maybe. Peter asked, I'm getting ahead. Let's. The Lord has laid so much on my heart. In one way, it's good because you have so much to share, but in another way, you don't have enough time. You know, it's not wise. I've heard comments where they see someone who has went to a facility, straightening up their life, working through issues, they come home, they lose it. They get into conflict with others, and they lost their testimony. Well, if that's what it does, I want nothing to do with it. That's Satan's tool. Because he does not want us to be walking in freedom. That's his goal, is to destroy our testimony. And just what I'm teaching, I'm not saying that we have to do this in order to be saved. No. But there's a burden. You know, people that are actually in the grave can still be controlling you and how you act and react to certain issues in life. I want to give you some tools that we can use when the offenses come. We must take it to the cross. 
and leave it there. And let Jesus Christ heal you and walk with you and walk into freedom. Because the only freedom, the way to, to freedom is through Jesus Christ. Luke 4.18 is where Jesus stood up in the synagogue and he started reading out of the book about himself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed or crushed. The burden I have on my heart is so many Christians today, we've accepted Jesus as our Savior. We've accepted that He has taken our sins. That's what we always hear. He has paid the debt. And He has. Praise the Lord. But see, this package is huge. And we're not tapping in on it. If we, would be, if we truly have accepted Jesus Christ and all His benefits these facilities that are all around us have a year wait or close to a year wait they're full the uh, oak lawn is full and most of them are church going people there's something wrong with that picture when this is the package we have when we accept Jesus Christ we're missing out it's sad and when we think about Jesus being on the cross, he would have had the power to come right off that cross. But no, he laid himself down. And here we are. It's just like really nothing. It's sad. You know, if Jesus Christ, if we would know he's coming here at 1130 to take the church of Berea home, how would we be sitting here worshiping him would we wor would we be worshiping the same as we are right now if we're not we're wrong he deserves our full worship because we don't know if we're going to walk off that door or if we're going to be carried are we worshiping worshiping him in the spirit and in truth as we are to told to or do we come and see how comfortable we can be and get our cozy little nap is that worshiping God what we are to be doing on the Sabbath day? Where are we? There's a huge, huge burden. We're missing out. It ought not be so because it's all there in Jesus. And that's the only place that can take you or you'll have true freedom. It is not intended that we carry the burdens. Come all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I think we like to focus on the sins because it comforts us that our sins that we commit, oh yeah, he paid for it. But what about on the other side, where we're living out the victorious life? 
that's there for us. Because he came to heal the broken hearts. He set us free from the bondage of the sin. And that includes the hurts that we receive from those sins. He, can, he restores our broken spirit. <coughs> and he also said that he came that we might have life and have it abundantly. Do we have the abundant life? Are we living in that abundant life? That's why there's such a concern. There's many, many, many church-going people, I'm going to say, because they're not Christians, that are not going to make it. But yet they went to church every Sunday. Do we have peace or do we have stress in our life, our daily life? That ought to give us the gauge of where we're at. Because he is the Prince of Peace. If our life is full of stress, then it's time we have more Jesus. It's time to spend more time with Jesus. The Bible also says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Is that my strength? Is that our strength? Is the joy of the Lord in my heart? Or is it so full of trash that I haven't released it because it feels too good to hold it against that person? So many times we depend on the circumstances around us if we have joy and peace. Okay, there's so much more that has been on my heart, but it's, I want to stay focused on here. And as I teach on these various locked hearts, I want to warn you, don't look at people and labeling them with a certain locked heart. You know, not everyone does have a locked heart. I just want to help if we do have one. I want to help you walk out of it. Let's just take a serious look at our own heart. Let's make sure it's clean from every form of wickedness. That Jesus Christ and his peace is really ruling my heart. And I want this teaching to help us understand why people do what they do. And then how we can care for them. Not fight back, but that how we can care for them. So the description of an individual with a locked heart, has a locked heart. They are easily angered and have a hard time showing sympathy. See, many of these individuals are 80% hostile and 20%, 80% or higher hostile, 20% or lower sympathetic. It needs to be in a balance. We need to we need 
a little bit of hostility in order so we don't, we're not plowed over. We need a little bit, but then the sympathy has to be higher. This is flipped. It's the wrong way. They're considered to be um, aggressive and argumentative. They're always right. They force themselves to believe that because they're not going to be hurt again. They're viewed as harsh and cold. They show very little sympathy. Okay, and they're not able to trust in a relationship. Chances are they have been hurt by a close relationship and can't trust any other relationship anymore. They're, they just can't trust them. And many times they also have a defiant Lotar. That's the next one then. I thought about taking both together, but there's not enough time. See, whenever a hot button or a sore spot is touched, they will react in anger because of this defiant attitude. So we'll jump into the consequences of the hostile locked heart. You can't get into the heart. It's just, you're not going to get there. If you ever get too close, they may attack you in anger. They turn hostility, anger, and unresolved bitterness from one person to the other. You know, for example, you may innocently say something to, let's say, just young married, and you innocently say something, and man, they come back flying mad. It reminded them of something maybe mom did, if it's a husband with a wife. Or the husband might say something to the wife, and she just flies off the handle. It might be something dad or his mom did or whatever. It can be vice versa or her dad doing and they turn it from one person to the other because it reminds them of that. And I'm not going to be living with this. So they burst out in anger to stop. It's the way they protect their heart from being hurt again in that way. Okay, and because of their anger and hostility, others are unable to resolve issues with them. You can't reason with them. It's because of that wall that they build around their heart. Okay, and because they don't have the capacity to relate to anyone in the family on a heart level, children in this particular type of home feel unloved by them. Because if it doesn't come from the heart, it won't go to the heart. Okay, and they, they end up destroying any type of relationship with their spouse, their children, and other people because they are no, no fun to be around. They're, they're kind of the bully, which that will come later in another one. Children many times want to move away when they reach adulthood so they don't, they don't have to deal with them. And the spouse, she might just find, he or she might find other interests just so they can, or emotionally detach. Okay, causes of a hostile locked heart. It's the result of unresolved bitterness. And that's what I'm gonna focus on then, is working through the bitterness. 
they may have bitterness toward others, themselves, and God. Many times we're, we aren't taught that as far as we can be bitter against God and sometimes not realize it. We think it's wrong. But if we have a bitter attitude of something that's happened, that's got to be made right. You're, you're building a wall between you and God because you can't trust him anymore. And a person who has experienced pain in their life may bottle it up inside and have no ability to let go of it except through anger and defiance. Okay. How to resolve the hostile off hurt is, first of all, resolve bitterness. And also, if applicable, resolve rebellion. And also, seek forgiveness from those you have hurt with your anger. Which the result is, you will start to express love without anger, and you, you will learn to choose to forgive those who offend you, thus avoiding bitterness. It becomes your way of life. When anger and defiance are cleaned up, the family will come together, especially if everyone chooses to forgive. Now, in resolving bitterness, we recognize that circumstances and relationships have hurt each of us. We will, we've all been hurt. Unless we understand and resolve bitterness through genuine forgiveness, we will not be able to face similar circumstances in the future. And bitterness is a tool of Satan to defeat believers. When unresolved bitterness is within a person's spirit, it creates resentment, anger, and emotional damage. Now, Paul traces the development of un unresolved bitterness in Ephesians 4.31. Watch how it happens. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. See, bitterness leads to wrath, outbursts of anger. Wrath leads to anger, which is rage, constant state of anger. Anger leads to clamor, making a public scene. Clamor is followed by slander, derogatory, injurious speech. And slander leads to malice. It's the inner hatred of heart. Put all, away, put all of this away. And the natural consequences of harboring an attitude of bitterness is that it eventually controls you. And Paul also warns in Hebrews 12 about the root of bitterness, that it defiles many. So the cure for bitterness is forgiveness. In order to resolve bitterness, we must first understand and experience God's forgiveness of our sin. I don't know how good you can see this. Anyway, um, he could have demanded justice, 
that he made me pay for my sins. But it's because of Jesus Christ going on the cross, through that, he set me free. And that's what we have to do on the bottom. We assume personal responsibility for the emotional pain and consequences of another sin. The result is freedom from resentment, bitterness, anger, revenge, and conflict. With the death of ourself, we set the others free. They will never have to pay. I assume that on me. And as we go on, I want to, there's a prayer for that. Forgiveness demands a payment. See, when someone has sinned against us and hurt us, our sense of justice demands that a fair payment I lost myself here, be made for us for their failure. Okay, and forgiveness isn't easy. We've heard the story this morning about Jesus. It wasn't easy for Jesus Christ to go on the cross. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy for us. We seldom feel like forgiving the one who has hurt us because of the deep hurt that's inside. Okay. So forgiveness involves a choice. The person who has been wronged can choose to forgive or not to forgive. It also involves releasing. It is a voluntary act of releasing someone from the emotional damage caused by their sin and no longer holding them responsible for the consequences of that failure. And also substitution. One person pays for the emotional pain that another has caused. In doing so, the debt of emotional damage is paid. You have assumed that pain. This is just prelude before I get into the prayer. Okay, resolving bitterness involves choosing to forgive, releasing the pain from within our hearts, paying the emotional pain others have caused us by forgiving them, and allowing the Lord to heal the pain we are experiencing within our heart. Prayer is the key to find freedom from bitterness. Prayer is the key. Here are the steps. List the names of those who have hurt you in the past. Or you can just pray one at a time. You don't have to make a list. There's a little list that we had used. The one is how maybe family members or others um, the uh Employers, church, myself, God, whoever. And then identify specific incidences or issues that cause the pain you are feeling. That would go on the next slide is what happened. And, uh, and also list the words that best describe the pain you felt. Okay, there's some pain words. There's a bunch of them. Um, but you can whatever, however it made you feel. It's a specific prayer that you pray that um, when you release and forgive, that's the, then you use those words on that end. So then once you've...
come to that, then you start praying through the issues. And this is a sample prayer. You don't have to use it. The Lord, I choose to for, forgive Madame Marie for making fun of me, causing me to feel ashamed. I am willing to pay for the emotional pain and consequences that she has caused me. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to take back the ground that I have given to the enemy through my bitterness, and I yield that ground to your control. That's kind of a short little thing to pray through. That was just a sample. Um, and then as you feel the intensity of the emotional pain, just close your eyes and share each part of that pain with Christ. Jesus, I feel so, and just share specifically how you're feeling. Would you come in and speak peace to my pain? And then I found this picture where it's the same as he's holding your heart, speaking the peace to that pain. Then release the one who has hurt you to God. Which could go something like this. In fact, this is where I found freedom after this prayer. The one that had hurt me much of my life, when I released him, I could actually see him going. And that's where all my resentment, everything left. You have to release the person who has been controlling you for so long. Lord, I acknowledge and confess that I have allowed to control my life and choose to accept all the pain that he or she has caused me. And he or she will never have to pay, and I release him or her to your control. You release them. They never have to pay. You've assumed everything. Um, that's where freedom comes in, because that's what Jesus Christ did for you and me. But we don't have to keep it. Give Jesus your pain. Jesus, this pain is more than I can carry. Can I give it to you? What do you think his answer will be? When he said, come unto me, all you that I will give you rest, and also um, cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. What do you think his answer will be? Of course you can give it to me. Thank you, Jesus, for taking it from me and setting me free. I allow your peace to rule in my heart. You see, there will be times. See, if we just see this as a program, then it ends there. But if it's a way of life, you see, there are times yet that I'm reminded of things that have happened. And if I'm not careful, I'll go down that same tube where I just came out of. In order to stay free, you must choose to forgive again. You see, Peter asked Jesus, is seven times enough a day to forgive? Jesus said, no, it's 70 times seven. It's... If he comes 490 times a day, you forgive him. 
So if that thought comes to you, he's coming to you. Are you going to forgive him? Then it's, um, that's why it's not a once and done. See, we have a memory. And just because the uh, memory comes back doesn't mean you that you hadn't forgiven him. It's just forgive again. Don't let that bitterness and resentment start growing in you again. See, when these painful thoughts come, take it to the Lord in prayer. And you can even make yourself feel good and say, you know, what this person did was not right. It probably wasn't right. But today, right now, I choose to forgive him. That's where you remain free. That's how you stay free. Just forgive again and again and again. I know this is kind of a rush way through. But then we can have a heart that's been loose. No more chains. A heart that's all for Jesus. I hope and trust that you, if you have bitterness in your heart, I've given you some tools where you can start working through them. And don't be afraid to tap on somebody's shoulder if you need help. Sometimes the pain is so intense. There's times when I thought, it's enough now. We went deep enough. But the counselor kept going. Sometimes we need someone to keep you going further into that pain so where you feel the intensity of the pain where Jesus Christ can come in and really heal. There's places that I wouldn't have went. But if we don't go there, it's still going to be there. And it'll keep festering. It's like an infection. And I don't know if you, I was, should have brought it, put it on the PowerPoint. That one where the uh, Satan's strongholds, if we don't take care of all of them, that's still a place where he can perform his battles. And if we don't get rid of all that infection, it's going to start festering again. So hopefully this has helped. I know it's kind of a quickie, but we might be covering again and again some of these as we go. This is not the only one that has bitterness. The next one would also have bitterness, but I'll probably focus on the uh, rebellion next time. The defiant, rebellious, locked heart. So yeah, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you've allowed us to come together to worship you. And Father, I trust that you have been blessed by our worship today because you are worthy. And Father, I know you're worthy of more than I, than I give. And I ask for your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for me and for us, giving us this huge package of blessing. That we have victory today. 
And Father, if there is any heart here that has that small root of bitterness, or maybe it's a a full-blown root that's hard to pull out, nothing is too big for you. Father, just pray for each one's heart that they could be free from all bitterness and resentment, anger. That we would be living that abundant life in your peace, in your joy. Father, we know that your people should not be in prison. Your people should not be in these mental institutes because of what you've done for us. And Father, we pray for each one that you would draw their hearts to you. That each one be a partaker of your peace that passes all understanding. One Father, keep each one in your care. We pray in Jesus' name.